Today's episode is brought to you by Open Mortgage, where better is possible. President-elect Joe Biden has selected our future HUD secretary. How reverse mortgages can help the high net worth client. And Wall Street is not the only one who's nervous about a revived CFPB in a future Biden administration. These are your top reverse mortgage news stories for the week of December 14th. You're listening to Heckam World Weekly. It is the nation's only weekly podcast for you, the reverse mortgage professional. Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well. And have you finished your Christmas shopping? That is a really touchy subject for me, but just a word of caution. Keep in mind that a lot of the delivery services, even the U.S. mail, are being overwhelmed with delivery and packages this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic, so you may want to allow a little extra time. Now, on to our first story from the Washington Post. President-elect Joe Biden has selected our future HUD secretary, and it's going to be Representative Marsha L. Fudge. She is actually currently a Democratic representative in the Congress from the great state of Ohio. When asked last Tuesday from a group of reporters on Capitol Hill, Representative Fudge did decline to confirm if she had been nominated, but she said she's in a holding pattern and that she had spoken with Biden and others in the transition team. Let me just say, if I were to be named, certainly it's an honor and a privilege to be asked to be in the president's cabinet. It is something that is probably in my wildest dreams I never would have thought about. And I'm sure she is very anxious to get started. There's a lot of work always to be done at the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Fudge, by the way, is 68, and she will be the first woman to lead HUD in more than 40 years. That since Patricia R. Harris left that position in 1979. Now, Fudge was first elected to Congress in 2008, and she has a reputation as being a straightforward, no-nonsense lawyer and a passionate advocate. HUD is not the only department that's going to be under new leadership. That thanks to a change in president, and that happens at least every four to eight years. Well, this time there is some concern from Wall Street and others. They're a little nervous about a revived and also a re-energized Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. This according to Bloomberg. It said that the Trump administration had done their best to neuter the CFPB, and it gave large banks a reprieve from aggressive enforcement and new rules. And speaking of new rules, thanks to the Trump administration and also the U.S. Supreme Court, a president can now terminate any CFPB director. Prior to that change, that was not possible, and the CFPB director could stay as long as they wanted to. Of course, that could be a thorn in the side of an incoming administration, and thus we have seen the change that is now making it possible to really shift policymaking and how the agency is being directed. Banks should be prepared for more aggressive enforcement and an expansion of the CFPB's authority through its rulemakings. This said Rachel Rodman, who is a former CFPB lawyer, but guess what? Just like many in D.C., she now represents the banks as a partner at Cattlewalder and Wickersham and Taft LLP in Washington, D.C. So she's expecting to see the CFPB be more likely to bring in more enforcement actions and also pursue novel legal theories and more likely demand higher penalties. This could be a sea change for financial institutions, banks, and lenders. Frankly, they should be nervous, said Rick Fisher, a senior partner at Morrison & Forrester in Washington, D.C. 
He represents financial service firms on CFPB matters. He added, they recognize what life was like under Cordray, and they recognize the size of his civil penalties. And in politics, what comes around goes around, just as President Trump sought to unwind many of the policies of the former Obama administration. We're expecting the same with Biden. And we could see many of the Trump-era policies that the CFPB had enacted under Mulvaney and Craniger reversed. Our final story actually comes from the wealth professional, but the Canadian version entitled How Reverse Mortgages Can Help High Net Worth Clients. Reading this story brought to mind a couple that I helped get a reverse mortgage about 10 years ago. They were a high net worth client, and in fact, they had no need for cash flow, but they wanted to get tax preferred cash flow. That is not to take withdrawals from their 401ks and 403bs. They had other properties. So this article is spot on. It may be from Canada. So let's see what they have to say. Reverse mortgages don't immediately resonate with financial advisors. Does that sound familiar? Same problem we have here in the States because they're perceived to be reserved for a marketplace rooted in quote unquote need. Home Equity Bank, which, by the way, is one of the largest reverse mortgage lenders in Canada, believes that this perception is not only outdated, but that, in fact, the opposite is true. Reverse mortgages can be a valuable tool for the high net worth customer. Andrew Cairns, National Lead Wealth Management at Home Equity Bank, said this, Surprising to many, a very fast-growing area of our own bank's wealth-focused reverse mortgage business is amongst the high net worth retirees. Clients' preference in selecting reverse mortgages has nothing to do with financial need, but everything to do with finding tax-efficient cash flow alternatives and not paying the tax man too early. He also added that a reverse mortgage is very much like a conventional mortgage loan, but he did say there are two key differences. The mortgage does not have the obligation of monthly payments, and it allows the client to access their equity without a tax impact or otherwise selling an appreciating investment property. Karen's told the wealth professional in his interview that there are many situations when the bank has partnered with advisors where they find that a financial plan made 15 to 20 years ago is completely obsolete because the retiring clients are living longer, living expenses have increased beyond the original estimates. And critically, most retirees do not want to expose remaining investment portfolios to risk, especially right near the finish line, to enhance returns and fill the gap. So what is the solution? He says it's estimated that 83% of those 65 and older in Canada own a primary residence. Now, much of that housing stock experience, long-term appreciation between 2 to 4%, annually, depending on location, but there's also a significant amount of untapped opportunity for both those with or without financial investments. He says by taking out a conservative and reasonable amount of money from the equity gains built into their homes or the value, and then substituting tax-free reverse mortgage cash flow to increase their day-to-day lifestyle expenses, the clients could avoid excessive withdrawals and withholding taxes from their RIFs. By the way, in Canada, that stands for Retirement Income Funds. Now, here are a few takeaways to consider regarding this story, even though it's from Canada. One, our friends in the Great White North face many, if not identical, issues that retirees have here in the States. Two, they make an excellent point about tax-efficient cash flow alternatives. Again, you don't want to be talking like this 
to a financial advisor, but it's good for your own edification and knowledge. In other words, finding sources of income that are not going to increase their tax burden. And the third takeaway is this, that many of the financial plans that were made 10 years ago even may be completely obsolete. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Hackam World Weekly, the place where you can get your reverse mortgage news on the go. Don't forget, you can subscribe and also listen to this podcast on iTunes. If you are not already there, be sure to go to HeckamWorld.com. There you can find our weekly video commentary, analysis, weekly articles, and our monthly Top 100 Heckam Letters Report. Again, thank you for joining us. Have a great and safe week, and be sure to return next week. We'll talk to you soon.